So a lot has been changing with the TACP weapon system the last few years. Uh, specifically, today we're going to dive into the TACP schoolhouse, uh, hopefully give you guys the most up-to-date info we can on what that looks like at the schoolhouse, what's changed, uh, and really there's no better person to walk through that with than someone who just finished the schoolhouse. So today, my friend Houston has graced us with his presence. And Houston, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Oh, of course. Thanks, Ryan. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Hope you can uh, answer some questions and uh, shed a little light on the, the new pipeline and just have a little conversation. Awesome, man. Yeah, none of this is scripted. So whatever, whatever happens, happens from here. So before, before we get into anything, man, about the pipeline, like what, just a quick overview. Uh, obviously, we care about the pipeline, but obviously, mill spec believer, this is a Christian podcast. So like a quick overview of like your Christian testimony and maybe like what led you to the military in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in terms of the military, I have actually have almost no military background in the family. Uh, everybody is actually a CPA, accountants, a bunch of accountants, uh, which, you know, growing up watching that, I was like, that's, that's great. Like, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. it. It, you know, fed me for 18 years, but, but I watched it and I was like, you know, maybe that's not for me. Um, I actually, this is kind of weird. Have you ever heard of Sky Ranch, the Christian camp in uh, Texas? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard of that. So I don't even know the guy's name. But I had a camp counselor when I was probably 10 to 12 years old at Sky Ranch Christian Camp, and he was a Marine. And I thought he was the coolest thing I had ever seen. Like, he was he was just this guy. I think he, I think he had gone to A&M, or maybe he was now at A&M. But, but I, think he was, I think he was prior enlisted Marine, fought in uh, Afghanistan at the time, and then he was now going to college, and he was a camp counselor and a Christian dude. And I just thought that this guy embodied everything that it meant to be a man and a Christian. And he was a warfighter, he was a Marine. And, uh, and that is the only thing I can point to in my like, childhood that really pointed me to the military side. Uh, and then as I, got to, as I went through high school, um, started looking into colleges and the academies were appealing. I, I was drawn to the challenge type of it. And so that's why I actually ended up in, uh, and uh, going the military route at all, but I can really only point to that one guy. I don't even know his name. I wish I did. And, um, at that one camp, but then more on the Christian testimony side of the house, grew up in a Christian family, solid Christian home, which was great. A lot of people have that. Some people don't. And obviously it's, it's not something you really appreciate in the moment. You, you just yeah. don't realize how, maybe how good you have it or even those values that you realize are being taught to you at the time. It's just, it's all, you know. Um, but, a lot of what led me more to Jesus down the road as I got older and made me more serious in my faith was was listening to the things of the world that, that people say are, hey, if you achieve this, if you get into that school, or if you do this job, or if you get that position, or if you're this popular, whatever you know, whatever it is you, you quantify, if you, if you play high school this, or you make the varsity, or you, whatever it is that, that sure, in your stage yeah. of life that you, that you think is he's going to make it right. Like he's going to, he's going to change your life. Man, if I could just be the, the captain of that or the, the CEO of that or whatever it is for your lot. Um, I, I heard all those things. Right. And, and I was, I'm, I'm a man just like everyone else. Like all that sounded 
good. Like all those things sounded great, and the very few and and in the grand scheme, very inconsequential things I ended up achieving, and are empty. Like, yeah, you get to yeah, the man. you get to the you get them, and you're like, oh, that's it. And like, and, yeah. and maybe it's cool for a day. Maybe it's maybe it's a week. I don't know how long it lasts you, but and then you realize that like you, you got to find something else to fill that hole in your heart. And you're like, yeah. Oh, well, then you just then you just find this next goal. Well, then you, maybe you go achieve it, and then you 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 realize that it's still empty. <laughs> It was it was when I was growing up. I think the two things that captivated my interest was football and uh, music. And growing yeah. up, I heard Tom Brady and I heard John Mayer, both dudes, basically say they were missing something, exactly. <laughs> and, they, and, and they didn't know what. And I'm like, dude, this guy is the top of the totem pole. Both dudes just at the top of the totem pole in those careers. I'm like, okay, right. well, they don't got it. And right, exactly, like. Tom Brady's got everything the world could ever say you want, right? Like, yeah. he's literally, he's the greatest, I don't want to start a debate here, but the greatest quarterback to ever play in the game. Uh-oh, getting into goat Probably talks gonna, here. here. Here we go. I'm going to offend somebody. <laughs> you know, like, if you don't think he's the goat, we can take that in another discussion. But, uh, but yeah, like, I, I just kept kind of encountering people like that as well as the small things that I, that I felt like I was accomplishing. I was realizing that those aren't going to fill your heart for – forever and and you don't feel it at all in fact they leave you wanting more and then so would you say you're like in high school well as you're like kind of realizing that yeah probably in high school is when i was was even old enough to or mature enough that's even the right word to uh to even realize that like oh you know i just kept thinking oh if i could be on the varsity and and then when that when i which is obviously a nothing nothing accomplishment but at the time it feels like everything and you get it you're like it was great and then you're like this is empty. And then it's, you set the next thing and you set the next thing. Oh, if I could play college ball, if I could do this and, and this and this and this. And then the more, I, the more, ironically, the more you achieve, the more I realized that's just fleeting. It's empty. And it, there's, there is value. And I want to get this part. This part's important. Like our God is worthy of our best efforts and we should be going after the biggest and best things we want to do on this earth to glorify him. Yeah. But it's, it's not a call to do nothing and be a bum because Jesus saved us, but yeah, it's, 100%. It's, it's a call to, to call to, to seek and how you go about your business is, is worthy uh, of his, of our efforts is worthy of glorifying God. Uh, but I, I realized I was doing it to glorify me and was thinking that these little worldly successes are going to, are going to fill your heart. And in reality, you just get to the top and you're like, what's next? Yeah. And, uh, and, that's where that hole in your heart that I keep talking about is, is where you got to find, you got to find Jesus and put it there. I think until you do that, you're, you're going to be playing this cat and mouse game for the rest of your life. Yeah. hundred um, percent, dude. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. And I appreciate you yeah. sharing that. And yeah, like, absolutely. would you, would you say like you had like any like mentors or, or anyone like who, like who really was speaking into your life as like, this was like become like your faith was kind of becoming foundational. Yes. I was, pretty blessed with uh, a couple of groups called Young Life. Have you ever heard of Young Life yeah. or Camp Ozark? Are you familiar with Camp Ozark at all? Uh, I've seen a sticker or two. Don't yeah, know anything else. I think it's, it's out of, it's out of uh, Mount Ida, Arkansas, but they've got a, a branch in Houston. I was from Houston as well. And there were some guys, Ben um, and Ryan were two dudes that were monumental and, and just got pretty blessed with those guys. And again, I just didn't realize how valuable those guys were at the time. Uh, 
Well, we see remember so, their name, so that's Oh, great. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but there were some guys like that. And it, honestly, I had a pretty solid friend group of dudes that were, that were willing to, to chase after the Lord uh, and kind of fight for what they thought was right. But, uh, so when you yeah, so when you went to the academy, like, uh, did anyone go with you, or like, did you kind of like leave leave all your friend groups and all that kind of behind when you went to school? Yeah, left left everybody. I knew one guy, Chris from Dallas, played against him when I was really young in sports. But that, he was a stud from from Dallas. But I didn't know anybody going, uh, which was kind of a draw. I kind of wanted to kind of wanted to uh, quote unquote do something different. I know a lot of people that. Uh, they just didn't, didn't ever feel like they did that. I'm like, you know, I'll try this whole thing. Let's see how it is. I, I was initially, I hesitate to use the word recruited because I wasn't very good, but Coach Kaz at the baseball team recruited me to play ball, and uh, I was cut within four business days <laughs> of showing up. So oh, man. I was, I was not very good, but I'd be remiss if I didn't give Coach Kaz some love because he, he's the reason why I went to that school, and he's great. He's a grad there and uh, was a C-17 pilot and is still like a, a mentor father figure to me that uh four business he, days Dang, yeah dude. maybe yeah exactly <laughs> amazon can ship a package quicker but not by much uh, but yeah about, about the time you can get a book delivered to your doors about how long i played college ball so um but it was a good time and uh, but yeah i went with nobody no real friends that i knew but um it was the challenge was enticing and i wanted to kind of was on, on paper it was it's a very hard you know crazy rigorous it, it's a great school and I I enjoyed my time there but um, it's it's probably not all that, that it's that people think it might be <laughs> maybe it's a little hyped but uh, there's it is what you make it I'll leave it at that that sure. you can make that thing you can get a lot out of it and there are some things that you can uh, you can probably leave in the dust like you know let's 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 check that at the door so but, uh, so when you were going there and. Like, at what point did you get your eyesight on Special Warfare? They're probably calling it Battlefield Airmen still at that point. So right. yeah. what was uh, what was kind of the the pull to that? And, like, it was accountant or pilot? Or, like, what was in your head initially when you got there and what kind of right. shifted? You know, so I initially wanted to, uh, online, when you're looking at, at the, at the time it was Battlefield Airmen, you know, officer jobs, they're there wasn't a lot of good advertising for any of it. So it yeah. was, it was kind of hard to find what it was. And the only one that really I felt like was very well advertised was combat rescue officer. And I feel like almost everyone I know that's a, a young Lieutenant special warfare officer now all started as like Dude, wanting yeah. to be a combat rescue <laughs> officer because, Join the club. because that's all they knew. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like everyone that was the, the PJs were the ones that people knew somehow they had a better brand advertised. I don't know. And then, I talked to a few of them, and they were actually great, great guys that um, were were monumental in, in the development side of, of our little special warfare programs there. But um, they told me a little bit about how their pipeline worked, and a little bit about what qualifications they get versus the PJs. And they were like, "We don't do anything. We just right. sit behind a desk." No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was but. like, "Yeah, yeah, no." But they said like once. I think it was what kind of did me in was like they don't get the paramedic call, and I was like what do you mean you don't get the paramedic call? I was like, isn't that kind of the whole thing? And they're like, yeah, but, and, and I know some, some crows that are studs and some of my buddies that are, that are young crows that are some of the best dudes I know, but I'm sure they'll do great things. And I, I'm sure they'll do awesome stuff down the road, but For sure. I, 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 I turned away from that one because of, yeah, that little fact and that just not having as much of the exact same training as your guys. I'm like, 
man, that's tough. Uh, and so I was like, went away from that one. Uh, and then, I, so I actually went into the academy thinking I wanted to be special warfare. I just didn't, honestly, I didn't have enough confidence in myself that I felt like I could even do it. You know, I was like, I, I'd want to, but those guys are pretty, pretty scary and pretty, you know, when you're a freshman at that school, and oh, you hear yeah. the guys that are like picked up. It's almost like you look at those guys like, like they're heroes. You know, the guys are two or three years older than you. You're like, oh my god. They're goodness. like men, dude. You feel like a little, exactly. a little kid. Oh, I should have just, I'm just, <laughs> I went into, I went into Air Force arrogant thinking that I was going to be some, you know, big dog. And I showed up first day to some grown man. He was like, he was actually the oldest guy at the whole school that year, but he was this grown man just kicking the snot out of me. But uh, I quickly was humbled to, I'm not near what I thought I was. And the Air Force is not actually as much of the cheer force as you might think in yeah. some realms. Like there, there are some guys there that, that can get after it. But uh, yeah, I was interested in special order the whole time. Never really wanted to fly. Honestly, I was, I was scared of the 12 year commitment. I'm like, what if I don't like this whole thing? I'm like, Dude, it's no wild, man. 12 years. 12 what are they years trying at, to do? At, at 21 or something, I'm like, I don't know. What if I hate flying? And they're like, oh, you got 12 more years of this. And I was like, you know, that doesn't sound that cool. Uh, but a lot of friendship, a lot of my boys do it, and they seem to enjoy it. So I, I don't want to knock it. I, I flew in a T-38 one time, and I was dying in the back. So my respect for those guys is through the roof. I was yeah. just fighting for dear life back there. Um, but, yeah, came in wanting to go special warfare, and then uh, – there's some good stuff there at school that, that you can train up. I, yeah, I feel like you guys have, like, a whole, like, bat, at the time, battlefield airmen, like, prep, like, group. Um, definitely a lot of ROTC groups aren't lucky enough to have that. We had something similar, but it was, like, four dudes. So how many people were right. kind of involved in your prep? It's, it's actually another thing that's changing at, at that school right now. It changed, like, as I was graduating. So it was, it was – I, I went through the, the traditional – set up and it, it's all optional it's all off it's all extracurricular it used to be all hush hush and that's actually why they're why they're like they're formalizing it essentially they're they brought in that t3i again i'm sure you've probably run across them and yep. like contracted military like trainers it's a lot of like retired tcts jackpees like mass sergeants and stuff like that but um mine was more just like hey show up and um We'll teach you how to be special warfare. And it was, again, it was like primarily all the Sandhurst guys, which is like our, you know, military. Basically, what they do is every day after school, they just smoke themselves. <laughs> like, they, Sounds like, fun. I'm, I'm not kidding. They, they basically just do the pipeline for two hours a day. And they're absolute animals. I couldn't even make their team. I couldn't even try out. Like, I wasn't even close to being able to, to make their team. Although they, I just, they have like five or 10 slots and, the five or ten guys, I think their pickup rate's like 100%. So those guys are, Dang. and they're just crazy. I, I would have burned out. Like, I, I, didn't have, I didn't have it in me to train for four years straight to not even start the pipeline. You know, they, they practically did the pipeline before they started, in my mind. I'm like, uh, I'm out on that. Yeah, and that's I, asking for injuries, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 res, I respect all of them for it. There's some, they are some heavy hitters in, in, the, uh, in the career fields all over from that group. Um, and they, they run a pretty mean program, but yeah, it was basically like they, um, it started to be, they wanted it to be like a crawl, walk, run. And basically what they do is they, they taught us a lot of cool stuff. They taught us all the water con, um, and then they, they do an instructional day and then they'd amp it up a little bit, you know, a week later, and then they'd amp it up a lot of it <laughs> a week after that, yeah. um, evaluate on it and, um, do a lot of that. And then they do what we call them screeners. 
but um, that was more what I would call more of a tech key type thing. It was on. It was. It was more like actual selections of of any any selection that you're just out there. Any any day, honestly any day in a special warfare pipeline where we just show up at like six p.m. and go after it till two or three in the morning um, and just kick get smoked but those programs were actually believe it or not probably the coolest thing i did at that school they were monumental in in um, developing even just your mindset for special warfare and giving you that little bit of confidence that you're like and don't get me wrong it it doesn't start as confidence i was humbled in that program early on those those santos guys were legit and trying to keep up with them or even the younger guys like you name it they were they were studs. So, and then you get to do the instructor role after you make it through. If yeah. You, if you make it through, and then they like invite you back to to be instructors, if you will. Uh, it's not not a real instructor. Nothing. Nothing. Even it'll it'll, you, uh, it'll buff you up before going to the schoolhouse for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was it was good. It, it's basically just like a, and it's all run by the guys that have already been picked up for Stoker or TACPO primarily. Because again, like a lot of these programs are are, are pretty good at getting guys ready, uh, and. But they were great. The great leadership, great TLPs, great SUT, just just exposure to what it's like to be miserable on a ruck. Uh, so that the first time you feel like that's not in front of in front of you and, yep. uh, in Virginia. Yeah. Well, that was a uh, that was a good transition. So so did yeah. you feel prepared when you got to phase two in Virginia at the time? That's where they were doing it. Yeah, we were in Virginia for that one. Yeah, I did. I felt prepared. I felt ready. Um, I was obviously still nervous because I'm like, I don't know, into the unknown um, for phase two. I'm like, am I going to get selected? I don't really know. just want to do my best. And Dude, it's a uh, grinder, man. It's a grinder of like, just like a mental game of just like trying exactly to figure right. out where you stand. It's just exactly. the worst. And then like, I think the, the buildup is just crazy. You know, you're like, you put all this pressure on yourself. And then at school actually it was, which is actually really good for me in the long run, but like everyone kind of, not everyone, but your, your boys and your friends know who's going. So like, oh yeah. You know, they said, oh, oh, these three guys are, they're gone this week because they're going to, to selection. Like, oh, who's going to get hired? So like everyone talks about who they think and who they don't think, and, <laughs> you know, and like, oh yeah, oh, or, or much less if you were to quit, like you're going to show back up on a Wednesday. Everyone's going to be like, what happened? You know, you're like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be your main motivation, but when you're there, dude, like you definitely oh, see yeah. those people's faces. You're like, I can't, I can't face those people oh, and quit. Right. And you're like, no way. And I'm like, and, and you also like, I also, you, you take some pride in it, you know, like you're representing, you're representing your school, you know, you're like I'm representing my school. And although that's <laughs> not always fun to represent mine because everyone assumes that's never a good thing. I think that's but, the first uh, thing out of a cadre's mouth at any given selection is, oh, academy guy. Yeah. It's, that's, that, is, that has been a constant through the schoolhouse and every, my military career. And that's something they don't tell you when you're applying. They don't tell you that every time you walk in here. The first question they always ask some silly lieutenants, oh, where'd you go to school? And you're like, I don't really want to ask you this, you know? Pass. And then you, you don't want to lie to them. So you tell them and they're like, oh, gosh. And then they're like. There's a stigma, good. man. There's a stigma. There's there's oh, a lot sure. of people that have screwed it up for everyone. So. Yep. No, it's. <laughs> It's something you got to work against, but there's also there's also some good NCOs that they always make a joke. But then there's a few that are like, you know what? Like, I had a I had a captain, you know, this captain. And he was actually a, he was a guy, guy. He was pretty good too. But there's also this one guy, that's a total dork. And I, you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, we we've, we've got it. We've got them all. But uh, it's it was uh, yeah. There's definitely so much mental pressure you're putting on yourself, and then 
you're like, it's unknown, and then you, you know the past is coming, but you're like, oh, you can, it's the only thing you can read in the booklet, right? And so you're like, oh, am I ready for this? But I felt like I was ready, and then I thought you, I thought you crushed it physically, dude. Like you destroyed it. Like there is yeah, there is a lot of moments there that like I was just like, yep, like he's good, he's good, he's got it, and uh, like if we didn't make it clear earlier, I was cadre at uh, Houston's selection, yes. and so. Anyways, like, I, I feel like the way they used to do selections uh, was, like, you get assigned. Basically, a cadre member would get, like, four students for the entire event or for the entire selection. And by the time I became cadre for your event, they had, like, gone with this new program, which was good because uh, it kind of made it less... Uh, I guess, you know, like if someone, if only one person is watching you the entire time, it can be kind of biased. Um, and so anyways, like when, when I was cadre, they're like, Hey, we're not doing that. Uh, you're, you're going to be evaluating someone else at every single event basically within this selection. And so I didn't get to watch you the entire time. So like, you can say more about yourself than I can, but at least from what I saw, I was like, all right, this dude is crushing it physically. And I think you were ultra confident at, for the most part with a lot of the events. Um, and yeah, so I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you hop back in. We can say more later, but, but yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was relatively accurate. I felt like I performed relative to our group relatively well physically. And that's most of my feedback was I, I was not hired as you know, for, for the audience, I was not hired at the first selection. And, um, a lot of that was, it was not always the physical side, and, and uh, that's something we probably have actually, when I look back, I feel like at, at school we we essentially overhype the physical side. I think we, not that you shouldn't be physically fit, like right. we should take pride, we should take pride in the fact that we're we're sending the most fit guys that are going to do the best, but, but that's not why you're going to get selected. It's going to be, we should send the best leaders who happen to also be physically fit out right. of like, just you know, maybe just the brand, but our, our first priority we should be we should be sending the best leaders we can, or making the best leaders we can, and we can teach anybody how to do push-ups and water con and right. you know this this and this. But it's it's a lot harder to teach somebody how to lead. But but a lot of my feedback uh, was from the instructors and stuff like that was was all based on mainly like personality stuff, like empathy and humility, and so that was kind of a gut check, and I was like, oh man. And I took that feedback and I was like, you know what? I was like, I have one, cho- I have two choices here, right? I'm like, I can deny it all and be like, I, I think they just don't know me, right? Like yeah. they don't know me. And I'm like, which would probably prove them correct. Or I could be like, you know, like I need to go back and tell my boys exactly why. Cause you know, you go back the walk of shame back to school and you're like, yeah, I didn't get picked up. And you could just be like, you know, like the cadre, the cadre screwed me over on the run, you know, like the classic. <laughs> The classic joke, right? Or I'm like, or I can sit there and be like, you know what? They didn't give you for, for lacking what they felt like lacked empathy and humility in, in times of leadership. And I was like, so I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna own it and say it. And I felt like that was actually really part of the process. That was a lot of the, that was a slice of humble pie. Like the, the slice was, was, was there. Like by uh, they manufactured it for me there with a lot of, uh, with a lot of uh, having, having to go back and tell guys the truth. I'm like. It's but. it's the best event you can put yourself through and get like a taste of reality, man. Honestly, right. like it's like I said this on a previous episode. It's like even if you would have moved on with your life after that and like not 
gone again. It's it's still amazing uh, information to walk away with to like truly like change the rest of your life, how you operate and how you like like treat people and and just all yep. the above. Um, yeah, so so agree. you didn't get picked up. I'm I've been there myself. Like I didn't get picked up my first selection, and it definitely yeah. sucks. Definitely. Yeah. It's a punch in the gut. You got to take the walk of shame, like you talked about, back to all your friends. Um, mm-hmm. So, were you when, when you got back? You you were pretty motivated to go back, and and you weren't like, all right, well, we'll see. Or were you like pretty right. set? I think I took a little bit of time just to make sure I wasn't just gonna react and just did you know I'm gonna prove these guys wrong, you know, and go back. Yeah, took a little bit of time there and was like wanted to make sure like. Just reflecting on the weekend, and what I came to was, I felt like, uh, one, I felt like there was truth to what they were saying. I was like, I see how they got that. And then two, I felt like, I felt like a little bit of it was just me trying to be what I thought they wanted to hire, which I'm sure people have talked about on here a lot that, you know, I'm like, why was I trying to act like I'm this certain way, thinking that that's what it means to be a tech P officer. Yeah. And in reality, like, there's no, there's no one personality. There's no one trait. There's no one anything. There's no one type of leader. There's no one personality. You name it, and just be yourself. And so I kind of came up with this little, little thing. And I actually tell a lot of my guys if they're going to selection, I'm like, go into selection, and at the end of the week when you walk about to walk into the higher authority's room, like if you can ask yourself these two questions of, did I give it all I had? Like did I, did I full send as much as I could? I didn't leave anything else out there. And two, did I represent myself accurately? Yeah. If you if you can, you're thinking about those two questions throughout the week, and you're and you answer those two questions with yes on the way into the, the hiring authority, if you will, like you're gonna get the yes or the no. Then I think you don't. I'm not even sure you need to go back. Like, yeah. You're probably 100%. you're probably gonna get the answer that you want. I think, and also you probably if you really do feel like you represented yourself and you gave it all you got then you don't need to go back. Like maybe, maybe you, they don't, maybe you're not a fit in their mind per se. And and that's okay. But, um, I, I felt like I couldn't answer the second one. I felt like I gave it all I had, but I felt like I wasn't really representing myself. I was representing, you know, what I thought they wanted to see. And so decided after that, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I want to go back. I, I want to be a tech team. I'm like, this is, this is what I want to do. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to get invited back and, uh, I was actually the last triple A in the first top team. So I was one of the oh, first guys. Nice. And so, yeah. I'm, so I'm for, for anyone who doesn't know, they changed it from ALO. So air liaison officer, ALO aptitude assessment, triple A to top T, which you can say what that means. Cause I couldn't tell you. TAC P officer phase two is, is what they, that's what they, can't, they you can't call, make this stuff up. T. Yeah. You can't yeah, make this stuff up. It's pretty high level. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's a pretty big deal. No, um, but I, I like what you said, man. It's not just a physical event. Like I, I pulled this from literally an application for Top T, uh, and it says Top T is a rigorous assessment program that introduces stress inoculation into leadership evaluations, problem solving events, ruck marches, running distances up to eight miles, strenuous physical activities. Uh, and candidates are also assessed through a battery of psychological testing, interviews, engaged on their ability to present uh, scenario-based briefings in a high-stress environment. So the reason I say that is like 
dude, like we have the, like we didn't have this, I don't feel like, but uh, the answers to the test is there. Like it's, it's not just a physical event. It's, they're trying to see what kind of leader you are. And, and whenever I was there, like grading you or grading any of those dudes, it was like, I went into it like they like they had a format and they're like, you're not picking who you like, like you're literally grading these people based off set criteria, things like critical thinking, things like stress tolerance and all these like key attributes. Uh, so if, if anyone's listening and they're like, dude, I'm a PT stud, I'm going to crush this like, dude, like that is one percent of the battle. For sure. Yep. So. Yep. That's what, and they say it in all the feedback. Like I was like, yeah, we had you physically there, but like that's like our last attribute. It's the most yep. trainable attribute of that they evaluate on. That's what they always tell you. Like that is the single most trainable one. Like so, yeah. Like like you're saying, focus on. Uh, they're hiring leaders, is what I tell my guys. I'm like, look, we're we're they're in the business of hiring leaders in all shapes and sizes and all personality types. And if you know how to lead and you show the ability to want to lead and, and want to get better at leading, and then you're probably going to get hired. And yeah, uh, if you sure. don't, then you're the strongest guy in the world. Like, well, it's not, it's not going to probably, you're not, probably not going to get the nod. But I like what you said earlier about uh, even if you don't get hired, because I, I echo that, I echo that, that uh, even that first one at, that, at the time, just a one-week deal, a junior year, and that was probably the coolest thing I had done in the Air Force at that time. Like I was like, this was, I got, I got told no, right? Like it was devastating. But even, even, even after that, I was like, you know, this is a very, very good event for any human being to go through and you learn about yourself and the process. And and for the good. first time you're around tech peace, like for the first right. time, like you're like, dude, these guys are awesome. Like I want to come back. Like I, right. I literally like, can't believe I want to like get get kicked in another time for another right. week, another selection. But these dudes are awesome. And like, yeah, I was, I was so motivated when I left my first selection, not getting hired. Um, yep. but so that's cool, man. So you got back, you, you prepped, you went, uh, and you went a year later or what? Actually, I didn't, I didn't even go very much later. I think it was only, a, only a few months actually, uh, or whatever the, yeah. Your body recovered out. and you, you sent it. I, yeah, I was like, you know, we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do this. So went after it again. Um, it was in Moody that time, actually, when Georgia was where that one was. And that one was spicy. I'm not going to lie. It was it was pretty spicy. But uh, ended up getting a nod. Again, I went in there committed to representing myself accurately and giving it all I had. And I'm like, if I can answer those two questions, and I felt like I could before I went in. I knew I'm like, you know, if, if I'm not going to come back because I'm like, you know, I Maybe it's, maybe I'm not a fit. Like that's okay. Like I'll I'll try another job. You know we'll see where it works out. But uh, ended up getting the nod there and and uh, got the invitation to start the pipeline. As I like nice. to tell guys, I'm like it's it's literally an invitation to start. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's not you. You've accomplished sadly nothing at that point except being invited to get to the start <laughs> line. Uh, but it, dude, it I'm was, I'm stoked you got the nod, man. I really am. I'm glad you went back. I'm glad you did it, um, dude. But it's it that second phase two is like a it screws with your brain, man. Because like, <laughs> dude, I was I thought I had it wrapped. I thought I knew exactly when everything was gonna happen, and I think they just like like I was like, guys, don't worry, we're about to go to the pool, <laughs> and it's like, nope, we're going on like a huge ruck march. It's like, oh crap, right. dude, it was the biggest yeah. like brain screw ever. 
Exactly. You you just play with your you're playing with your own emotions. You're like, oh, we're about to. Oh, it's not done. Like, yeah. Oh goodness. Like, oh, it's gonna be this. Oh no, I'm off. It's almost harder in that way because you think you know what's coming. I'm like, you should just throw that out the window and you just you're playing mind games with your with your own mind at that point. Yeah, for sure. Like, you gotta watch that. So you got picked up. Um, like, how would you say, like, just before we move on to the schoolhouse, um, at, like, where would you say Christianity-wise, like, like you, like, was this just, like, a relief? Like, you're like, all right, cool, like, God is leading me down this path. Like, this is this is what's going on. Did you have, like, a, a group of Christian friends, really, at the academy? Or, like, what was that environment like? Honestly, I, I, had, I had a pretty solid um, couple of friends there. But actually, it was... It was when I first realized kind of how good I maybe had it in my high school childhood days was when I got to college and realized like I wasn't I wasn't as naturally surrounded by as many people that were pursuing the Lord and it took me a year or two to really figure that out and I and I let a bunch of excuses get in my own in my own way like I I totally played the victim on like oh well we can't really get off base and I don't like the chapel on base and yeah. So I, I put up all sorts of excuses in my head that I accepted and, and kind of became kind of lukewarm there freshman, sophomore year. Um, and it was, it was, it was tough. I didn't, I didn't realize until I looked back and was like, man, I, I have been distant. I'm like, I have, I wasn't running from the Lord in purpose, but man, I was not running towards him. And if you're not really running at him, I'm like, I'm not saying you're running against him, but you ain't getting any closer. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, I did. That's why I felt like this job. I'm like, man, I want to do this, but if it's not God's plan, it's not God's plan. And, and I get those two questions. I'm like, all right, if it's not that, then then He doesn't want me going tag P. I'm like, I'll I'll look into whatever's whatever's next. But um, yeah, at that point, spiritually, it felt like, all right, this is where He wants me to go, and um, hopefully, be able to, to try to make a difference and glorify Him in, in that career field. And and but but the the academy is, is great, but it's obviously a very eclectic group and. Same with the religious background. Like, there's not some of my best friends in the world at that school were uh, were not Christians, and yeah. uh, I actually felt like that was a lot of. I have one friend in particular in my head that I swear was part of the reason why I was at that school. Like, I think that maybe you never know, right? You never get to know, but in your mind, you're like, man, that's that's why God's got you here, you know? Yeah. Learn about this, or just trying to live life and and uh, disciple dudes next to you and grow with each other and. One of my buddies, we actually found a we Yelp reviewed a church. We're like, we're gonna we're gonna Yelp churches every weekend until we find one we like. We Yelped one, <laughs> and we never went to another one. Oh, nice! Uh, so it was it was awesome. It was Rock Rock Family Church in Colorado Springs is where we go where we went there. Great church, and um, that became a much more stable community for me, junior and senior year, which was great, and definitely set me on a much better path spiritually than than I had been earlier on in my. And I just I just played the whole I'm a freshman I'm restricted and I don't like the chapel on base and that was kind of a weak way out and it doesn't take much man myself. it doesn't take much to, to find, yes, find yeah. different reasons especially when you're kind of inoculated in that entire environment of just like right. military 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 and like Right. Um, I mean, it's anywhere like even not at the academy like at UCF it was the same thing it's like my entire first uh, semester there like I tried a few churches maybe, but, um, and it wasn't till an ROTC buddy of mine, uh, cause that, those were my only friends were people in ROTC right. and it was like, not till they were like, Hey, I'm going to this Christian group. And I was like, well, but 
you know, I should probably try that because I'm right, a Christian. Probably, right. <laughs> that is me, right? Oh, goodness. Yeah. I wear the necklace, but, yep. you know, like I should probably start living this thing a little bit. Yeah, but, but uh, that's cool, man. That's really cool yeah. to hear. Just God kind of bring you through that and just to give you the foundation on the front end um, in high school. And then just like, dude, that like that is the truest thing I've ever heard is just that like the environments like you get placed in and the military. And, and I feel like the Academy is just like a little trickle of that as well. It's just like Christianity, ain't it, man? Like that's not, it was, that's not it what they're, the you're first, there to do at least yeah, from the, their it perspective. Was the first time I felt like in, in no way am I, was I facing some like hardcore level of persecution, but it was the first time I ever felt like it was not only like, not like socially normal or in, it's almost glorified in some sects of like the world. Like, you know, you're like, Oh, everyone wants to be a good Christian guy and a right. good Christian family and a good Christian this. When I first joined the air force, the air force kind of like, it was the first time I'd ever really seen like people getting made fun of, like, you know, being made fun of for your belief. Oh, you believe in that kind of stuff? Like, Oh yeah. 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 And like, it's kind of eye opening. You're like, wait, what? Like, yeah, you start to, like, you start to lower your voice a little bit. <laughs> you're like, exactly. oh. and like, yeah, you, you never, you never thought that like, you never thought that, you never had him challenged like that. And it, it was also, it ended up being good for me, but at the, initially I'm like, it was a shock, you know, I'm like, wait, I'm being made fun of for, for my beliefs and the way I act and things I don't want to do. And I'm not going to there or there. And like, now I'm being looked down on I'm like, wait, what the heck? Like I, this used to be like almost a positive thing. So it kind of made you, were you doing this because you were getting the positive affirmation from right. the world or was it because you believed in, in what you were saying? And so that was, it was healthy, I think, for me. But it was the first time I had faced any type of challenge from the sure. world. Maybe the world was like, hey, this almost being made fun of or looked down like, oh, okay, man, like, you're one of those guys. Like, all right, you know, you're in the business of killing people. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> more to it than that. Like, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. you, know, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, 100%, man. So you got the, the nod at phase two. And... Really? You graduated and talk, talk to me. Let's, these people are like, dude, we've been listening to this for 30 minutes. Tell me, tell me about the tech beat schoolhouse. (laughs) So so, So we were straight into it. We were tech beat prep was still a thing. I was one of the second to last classes that did tech beat prep. Tech beat prep is gone. I don't know if I may be breaking the news. Yeah. So I, yeah, I want to hear about this because I've, I have a a birdie inside the schoolhouse that I I check in on once a year and kind of, barely hear anything but yeah. i heard it was so, going away so it's gone yeah yep so let me make sure to distinguish for guys sw prep is still a thing that's that's for the enlisted dudes as they get out of bmt they go to like a nine week sw prep special warfare prep and it's also right now for cross trainees so pretty much the only people who aren't going to sw prep are all of your special warfare officers all yeah. the officers aren't going to SW prep because I guess the career fields, all the you know the functionals and the high level stuff have decided that that top T and phase two for Stowe and Crow and A and S for the, for all the O's is where they're going to evaluate you on the skills of SW prep and essentially yeah. that's not our job to teach you those at this point. Like sure. you need we're evaluating you on those, so why do we need to send you through? Maybe it's a money thing. I'm not sure, but so SW prep is still a thing. But used to go SW prep. For, for the enlisted dudes, and then TACP prep. And TACP prep, I'm sure you went through TACP prep, right? Yeah, yeah, we had TACP okay. prep. Right, so TACP prep, I was like second to last class, and that was almost that was almost almost two years ago now. 
Um, and that is gone now. It, it does not exist. It was that five day. It was kind of heinous. Five day, oh, it was <laughs> heinous. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was gnarly. We had, uh, yeah, it was, it was the real deal. Welcome to the show. was kind of what I, I just say. Yeah. Also a lot of things I felt like, I don't know if you had this experience, but cause top T and triple A are obviously very difficult, but I felt like a lot of the instructors there, a lot of the O's that were there were like, yeah, this, this is like the hardest week of the pipeline. Well, I don't know what pipeline they went through, but <laughs> that is not true for the, the new TAC P pipeline. And, and, and my triple A, hopefully you can back, it was no joke. And then top T, it's just it's the same thing. My second selection was was not a joke at all either. Like at, at the time, those were the two hardest weeks I'd ever done. Well, then you meet, and I am the last guy to like guess up how hard something is. I'll, I'll get to that later. But tech P prep was was I felt like was probably harder than than those weeks. It's, it's a different type of hard, physically hard at least. There's a lot more to to uh, the selections, but tech P prep was welcome to the show. I feel like there's so much on the line too. You're like there, exactly. you're in front of these enlisted dudes now that you're expected to lead and you have no right. idea what you're doing. Exactly. And you're like, these guys are looking at you and you're like, man, I, I'm now getting beat on the run. I'm like, I'm supposed to be leading. Dude, that run, there. bro. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, you're like all the different, I guess it's totally gone. Yeah. All the progress checks you got to meet that are, I actually think it's kind of was silly set up the way it was done because I felt like it essentially selected the smaller, skinnier calcinic <laughs> guys. And then at the Tacti schoolhouse was set up to break those people. And all the people we got out of the schoolhouse were all the big, strong ones that had to carry the weight. So it was kind of a weird deal. Like it essentially selected out the wrong body type is what I think. Yeah, man, like we, we was, had this, we are the cadre who ran our, Tac P prep, one of their guys was uh, like sergeant or instructor Megala, and he had like these ginormous legs. Like he was like at least like six foot five and yeah. just like strider, like was a strider. And it's like, dude, how are we going to keep up with this dude? We're smoked. <laughs> like, how are we yeah, supposed to keep luck. up with this yeah, guy? Yeah, good luck. They just take off unknown time, unknown distance. Like, oh, here we go. But uh, yeah. So that's gone. Gone, though. Unless right. something's drastic. So, so people are doing special warfare prep. You're uh, open enlisted guys who don't know what career field mm-hmm. they're getting in. They finish prep. They right. they finish, or then they pick what direction they're going to go, what career field. And right. then the TACP guys, what happens then? They just show up to TACP schoolhouse day one? Yeah, pretty much. They go to like Swamp is what it's called, that special warfare airmanship mentorship program, and that's I said just an acronym, ignore it. Basically, you just, basically, you don't oh, do any I'm of dead, those, bro. those attributes. You, all you do is get, essentially, it's, it's essentially, I call it purgatory. It's purgatory for when you are not in, um, you're not in course. And it's like, if you're injured or you're about to start block two or you wash back, it's basically just like a, hey, come and work out. Yeah, is it the, it's the old run. battle, the battle. Exactly. I think that's battle, what we called I think it. it. battle at one point, and then I think it was, there's another name for it even before that, but it's, yes, battle, exactly. It, it's not so now it's, now it's Swamp. All right. Swamp, which is an appropriate name for it. It's, it's a well-run, it's run by T3. There's some really good coaches down there, actually. We had we had some good ones that actually got you in some great shape because we had quite a bit of time down there. But once you get in the schoolhouse, you do not want to go there because that means you're not getting any closer to the graduation. Yeah. Um, you're just, you're just you know, zero, 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 just like nothing counts. Do you feel like, um, so, before you get into anything in the schoolhouse, do you feel like 
the equipment I, like I've heard rumors just how amazing the equipment and the facilities are there now as far as how they're prepping these dudes to stay healthy and to like recover and all that like talk to that for like two seconds yep yep the SUV prep guys those airmen are coming in with a much higher level of understanding of their own body because of the stuff they're getting taught nutrition wise training wise that's huge for them and then Swamp has lots of great equipment. There's, it's it's a very nice gym. They they use the FitFac as well. That uh, Bradley Airman's uh, fitness facility up there, or sorry, Senior and Bradley Smith. I say Bradley Airman. <laughs> well, fired. You're fired. Exactly. Drop. Uh, but uh, it was they use the FitFac and then all the nice equipment that they have down at Swamp. Uh, it's a it's really really nice stuff and and definitely. For the time we had there, the coaches, some coaches are better than others, as is life, but we were getting great workouts in. It was a great balance of getting challenged um, and, and getting stronger. I was probably never in better shape than I was right before I started the schoolhouse, which was great. So you did Swamp, and uh, so is that kind of where you first – did you go to Swamp as an officer? Went to Swamp because we were waiting to start either prep, and then after prep, you had to kind of wait to get your start date for the schoolhouse, so – I probably spent five or six weeks at Swamp before I even started the official schoolhouse, maybe longer than that, because, you know, you had to wait for a prep date, and then we had to wait for a schoolhouse date. Uh, right. Yeah, so, we were, so for these normal people, since prep doesn't exist anymore, they would do special warfare prep. they go into Swamp maybe waiting for their team to, schoolhouse team to start. And so these newer TAC POs would basically meet their team, I guess, in Swamp. Correct. Yeah, they'd show up. I think we called it we were black team because TACP somehow was coordinated with the color black, I guess. Makes sense. And then, yeah, you'd show up there, and, uh, yeah, they're a lot bigger. It sounds like the classes themselves are larger now than when I was there. We, we were starting with, like, 24 to 30 guys a class, and I think now the classes are starting with 40-plus, maybe even closer to 50. Yeah, um, so, I mean, when – but so when I went through, we did, we had two preps that became one schoolhouse team and each prep was like 20 to 30 people. And so we like became a schoolhouse team of like what would have been 60 people if all right. people would have made it through prep. But really it was like right. 20 to 30 people. Yeah, we did. We kind of did that model as well, but I, I just think that the input they just put it because maybe because prep's not there, they're starting with a larger number. That's probably it. Actually, yeah. I say it out loud. That's exactly what's happening. Uh, but get that attrition. Right, exactly. They just have to the attrition. For, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. I don't. I don't think it's changed the attrition because there's still the, the same people that wouldn't have made it. I think are probably still not making it. So. Um, it's not. I don't think it's a broken system, and, and I don't want to. Well, the worst the worst part of prep is knowing you have five more months of whatever this <laughs> is. So. Right, and you're like, this is the intro course. You're like, <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah. So, but that's pretty. Yeah, the young LTs would meet their guys at a Swamp, and then they wait for a class date, and they class up and start block one at the pits. Pretty much, that's how they would how they would rock that. But, uh, what was uh what was your first experience meeting your cadre? How was that? Pretty sure so they yep, so they yelled drop from the parking lot before <laughs> so they they dropped us from not even seeing us, you know. And then 
Then I think they brought us back up and then dropped us one element. Wait, wait, we, we got to pause this. We got to pause this because what you're telling me is they dropped you before even seeing y'all, and I know y'all showed up early. <laughs> oh, we were very early. <laughs> we were we were there so early. We were so nervous and bright-eyed. Oh, man, you guys we were, were like the perfect spacing between each other, the perfect oh, we everything. The, exactly. You know, we were going to be the first flight that, you know, got black and tan, <laughs> right? We were going to be in the pits for a, a day because apparently if you if you do it right and perfect, you, you won't even get smoked. <laughs> we we had we bought it, we drank all the Kool-Aid and we got just smacked. <laughs> but you know, just like I think every class does. So, so basic overview before you get into anything. So, so there's four blocks now to the schoolhouse, right? Yep, four blocks. They added that block <clears> four, <throat> cast block as they call it. At one point. Yep. So, yep. what cast would block. what would you say block one is is really accomplishing? It is the basics of. It's really just weeding out the quitters. Yeah, that's fair, um, dude. That's fair. That's what block one is doing. It's 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 the toughness check, like the the first. Grit, who, how do you, how bad do you really want to be here? And then, yeah, who's, who's going to quit when it gets hard? And then there's the basics of like radio procedure yeah. that you're trying to learn under getting just walloped every day. Um, so it's, but it's your, it's your, that and tech prep are your, are your classic who wants to be here and do you have the toughness and the drive to, to want to be here? So then you cross into block two. Um, mm mm-hmm. And you've weeded out some dudes. How many? How many people right. would you say started on your team? I guess. And then how many right. were in there when you hit block two? Yeah, you lose. You lose a lot there. It's hard because we also we kind of view our prep classes separate from that. But I'd say from from prep to the end of block one, the first five weeks, I guess at that point, you probably lost. It's called. 30, 40% of guys at that point. Yeah. Uh, probably. If we had a class of 30, yeah, you probably lost 10 to 12. Um, depending on we, – we lost a lot of guys on the first week, the first week of the, the, the pits. Yeah, that Thursday. We lost four guys in the same ruck. Oh, man. Well, four people quit. It got contagious. And then – It does get contagious, gear. dude. It, it is. Once somebody sees somebody quit and it's like, oh, that's a way out. It looks better than this ruck that I've got ahead of me. <laughs> we lost four guys on that – on the first ruck. Two O's and two NCOs. Oh, kind of man. Crazy. Kind of unheard of. Dude, but, so were you were you left alone and afraid as the as the only O or what? No, actually it was weird. We had a, we had a heavy O class because of the way – we happened to graduate early because of COVID – and so all these O's, I, I assume this probably happens every year, but around May, because you, you got your OTS, you know, your, your NCOs that go to OTS, and then they come tack the officers, cross trainings and stuff like that. But all the influx of, like, the traditional May graduates of lieutenants all get, like, stuck in the same queue. Oh, right? so man. We, had, like, we started with, like, six lieutenants and lost, <laughs> lost those two. Uh, the first, yeah, exactly. Officers are the worst. The all the jokes. Every time they're like, oh, here we go. This will be the most lost flight in the world. Uh, you know. Which, Good times. Which, which leads you into block two, actually, which is uh, almost entirely land nav and small unit tactics based. So, you know, when you're rolling with four lieutenants, they're going to be like, you guys aren't going to be able to land nav at all. All the, all the memes, dude. All the memes. Oh, yeah. And a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them. We got a lot of them. 
but luckily we had a, we had a really solid crop there actually, and and nobody luckily none of those LTs failed land that. So uh, it's just a rumor, we, man. It's not real. It's fake news. We were trying to we were trying to break the mold there, but we we had our plenty of fails in other places. We were good at that, but we but yeah, block two. So was, so when I when I went through block two, it definitely felt like uh, the field there was like very individual. It, it was like block three field, which we can get to later, felt like team oriented, but block two definitely felt like, okay, like I am by myself and I'm expected to do these tasks. Like definitely have a sim- similar vibe, not asking you to go into extreme details of yep. things, but. Totally agree. It's, it's definitely one of the only times really in that schoolhouse that you've, you're kind of being evaluated almost entirely on your own, your ability to problem solve independently and land nav independently and almost make decisions on left, right, forward, backwards on your own. Not leave your weapon. and Right, yeah, (laughs) not in a team setting. It's the only time, yeah, where it's like, yeah, did you make it there in however many hours or did you not? And if you don't have the right sequence, then you didn't. So So uh, is it just like a slaughter, a graveyard slaughter when you guys went through block two or how did you guys hold up? Ours was actually not that many. We had a lot of guys that that washed back into our flight that block um, from from having failed it the previous one. Sure, yeah. Because they they couldn't land nav or they couldn't vehicle nav or some guys couldn't do either one. And then, uh, but because of that, those guys were better off their second time around at land nav and vehicle nav. I guess it's easier. You start to get more familiar with the area and what to not do. I guess. Bol- so they, Camp Bolus isn't that big, so. No, exactly right. I, I recognize this hill. You're like, yeah, I've been on it 15 times, you know. But um, we didn't have a mass exodus. I think we probably lost. We had a couple. We had one guy lose his rifle. He actually graduated. He's a good guy. But we, we I bet we lost six, actually. Now that I say it, it kind of was a lot. Yeah, we probably lost six guys out of, like, 25 that were there, probably. Gotcha. So, so you finish block two, lost a few dudes, and then everything – uh, kind of went more into this like team oriented stuff right. in block three. What, yeah. Like what, what did block three look like? Cause for us, like we finished block three and we're attack peas, but how did, how did they split it up for you guys? What did it look like? Right. Yeah. So a lot of, and this is also one big shift also is, I don't know if anyone's ever talked about this, but they do these coach led workouts is what they call them. Those start to get more prevalent in block trees. Like when you went, I think it was just only PT and, the pits are like lined up in some formation in the morning and just only doing, you know, the, the uh, prescribed workouts or. Well, block, block three for us, we might've been at the earlier stages of this, but block three was like, it was prized because then you could go to the gym and it was like the first time you finally weren't getting smoked every day. It was the gym and the track and block three for us. But what about you? So I think it actually, it would actually start towards the end of block one. You would start to do these, coach-led workouts and you thought that that was a reward but in reality it was not because a lot of times you just do a coach workout before you did pt with your instructor and got smoked oh man but then it got more in like block two same thing they'd sprinkle in more of those coach which is when i say coach-led workout that's like a legitimate strength coach is there writing a workout that's intended to make you better however the problem with this is is that even in block three, even into block four, the problem with this is, is that that's what the schedule says. Like, hey, you know, you're going to go work out from whatever time to whatever time. And, like, you got a great deadlift program on the board. Like, this is this is a legitimate workout. The problem is almost every day after that, you pay the man because somebody's 
shoelace was untied, you know, or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Something wasn't right with your rucks, <laughs> and somebody's buckle wasn't buckled. So, like, they can always find something if they need to. So, like, because we knew that, we essentially weren't able to work as hard in the workout because we knew we had to save something in the tank for the for the mile of duck walks we had. <laughs> we had, you know, looming over our head. So, it it's... They're trying. They're trying to do better with it, but yeah, block three is a lot more outdoors, a lot more during instead of training in the classroom. It's like, hey, we're gonna go do spread out in a wedge, or you know, do some small unit tactics and actually do land nav as a group. Hey, you're the point man. All right, you're the you're gonna run. You're gonna do dummy count on pace. You're gonna do this hand and arm signals. A lot, a lot more like team dynamic stuff. Yeah, uh, that's motivating, man. Like as you start getting into that stuff, you're like, yay. Actual right. things that matter. Exactly. And you start to feel like you feel like a soldier. You're like, man, I feel like I'm actually like a starting to think like a soldier and integrating with our army counterpart of like this is kind of feels like feels like I'm a I'm in the military, not just some smoke session every day, you know? Yeah. But. So so you finish block three, you go to block three field, um, and block three field was just basically validating everything you just talked about, validating all the small unit tactics, all the the, uh, all that type of things. Right. And that was, I argue, is at least in my little era, that was the hardest field, generally speaking, uh, in the schoolhouse. Was For me, I actually think four was harder, but I'll tell you why that when we get there. But the block three field is traditionally, I think, the hardest field in the schoolhouse because you're, you're doing you know small unit tactics, but you're also doing CQB. So you're, you're doing... Uh, clearing rooms and actually getting to, 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 you get greater on that. Like there's, there's PCs on your weapon discipline and clearing rooms and sectors of fire, and all the things that they're evaluating you on. It's very, very, very basic for, for that portion, but um, it's still challenging and they're very stringent on, Hey, your, your weapon was too close to the other guy's barrel and that's it. You're done. Yeah. Sectors and it's, it's a field environment too. So, I mean, you're like right. days into being smoked and like sleep deprivation exactly. and, like right. those that, tiny tasks are like all right. Yeah. And that block three field is the first time where I felt like every night, you know, you, you think that the night's over and it's like 1am and then they walk in and you're like, Hey, yeah, here's your bed down site. It's seven kilometers away. And you know, <laughs> and you're like, and seven clicks is not fun ever, but it's a lot harder with 23 guys and, you know, moving in at 2am just in a file, yeah, man. you know, you're like, just trying to, you know, you do give them a kilometer and then guys are asleep for the five minute short halt you give them and they're exhausted because it's the fourth day in a row. But that's when I felt like that was also really beneficial for for me as a leader and as a as a tech peer and as a student. Like that was that was where you figure out who's who, you know, like that's where day three and four of like running on a couple hours of sleep and you're like, who's the guy that's still up there like, hey, LT, what can I do for you? Or, hey, you know, I'm like, wow, dude, like, we're dying. You know, it yeah. also motivates <laughs> yeah. you to be like, like, all right, like, I need to step up and what can I do to help my guys right now? Uh, and that, man, that's almost spiritual. A lot of times I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm praying. I'm like, man, I, just keep me, keep me going. Keep me, keep me up, keep me safe, keep me healthy. There's keep plenty to going. pray for out there, man. There's a lot oh, of holes, yeah. there's a lot of holes <laughs> to lot fall of, into. A <laughs> lot of stuff. There's, we almost, yeah, we had a guy. Roll his ankle if he got out of the schoolhouse because of it. It's tough, but snapped his ankle. I think it was not good. But yeah, block three field culminates with that. It, it is a tough FTX. It is very challenging. I mean, they lose a lot of guys. 
and that's kind of when uh, you figure out who's who. Well, not you already kind of knew, but you figure out who's like really legit, like the guy that's the guy that's just a team guy through and through, and it's it doesn't matter what's going on. He's going to get the mission done. He's going to he's going to sacrifice for his teammates. Who's volunteering to carry that extra ammo? Who's volunteering to you don't even have to divvy it out because these five, six, seven, eight guys are like, and all of a sudden that number gets higher, and you know you're like, these are these are the guys, and then That's there's awesome, people man. who notably are like, where are they at? You know? <laughs> They're in the graveyard, oh. dude. <laughs> exactly. They don't usually make it. It's, yes, it is the truth. They don't yeah. always make it. But. So so after you finish up block three. Because you guys, you guys also had block instructors that you didn't have like a set of instructors that was with you the entire time, right? So actually, they had just switched it to that. They had just switched it to where the instructors were essentially going to stay. So what they had was they had like one or two instructors that stayed with the block, and they were like the curriculum, you know, SME, if you will. Sure. And then there was, and then your flight, your flight instructors followed you. So we actually did have. Okay. They followed our okay. flight, but there was. Instructor would stay with the thing for the for the continuity of the actual block. So so when you finished block three, were you like boys? <laughs> no, <laughs> were you were you were they in cadre like? No, not you it. Would, you would you would think <laughs> you would think, but no, not even close. There was obviously some that you'd start to develop more of a relationship with, and some that you knew like, oh, he's here. We're gonna get absolutely smacked today. Yeah, like oh, yeah, he's I not could... here, and like, or this guy's here. Like, oh, okay. As long as we don't say this or say that. We're good. But they definitely do. After block three, like, they start to realize, like, all right, this guy's probably going to make it. You know, barring, barring kind of a something crazy happening. And, and pitting, you've, you've kind of proven yourself as, like, being able to handle the stress or the, the PT or the academics. and um, they, they're, they ain't going to give you anything. But they will start to, you know, they're humans, too. They, five months is a long time to, to keep a certain uh, keep a certain look on your face. And, and so they start to show their personality more and give you some more real talks. I'm like, Hey, this is what life's like. Especially when they didn't know the FTU was a thing. I don't want to spoil the next, if we get there, but they, you know, they thought you're going to your ASOS, like, you know, kind of giving you some OPD or airman development of like, Hey, do this. Don't do that. Yeah. Here's some stupid stuff I did. Um, Dude, do those were the that. best talks. They here's something stupid. I did were the best talks I ever got at the schoolhouse. Isn't that true? So true. <laughs> some, some of the best. And like, man, Something to I take from that, man. Just humbling yourself and like teaching dudes like your mistakes yep. for sure. I'm yeah, I'm still looking for those and still giving them when I can. You know, you're like that's. I'm yep. still asking for all those when you can get them. Yep. But. So you finish block three. You went into block four, strike phase. So it was block four the FTU, or did you have block four and then the FTU? This is the confusion yep. I have. Yeah. So block four is still part of schoolhouse. And it's a cast phase is what they call it, but it's just like the schoolhouse. But instead, you know, during the classroom portion, you go and learn the, the absolute basics of basically the cast execution template. Sure. Just the 12 steps of cast. And, you know, like you take some tests on like the uh, you know, enemy weapon systems, enemy threat systems, vis recce type things, being able to recognize what's a 2S6 versus a man pad you know being able to hey armor in the open for everything bud (laughs) exactly right there's a lot of armor in the open at the moment but uh, tons tons um so so that's cool though i'm glad they're doing that though because like i feel like our block three since that's when we graduated like it depended who your instructor was like they would think you were good enough to 
maybe, oh, hey, here's how you do a nine line or here, here's how you do this. And it just was very basic and not consistent. So it's cool that you guys had a whole block devoted to that. Yeah, it's you know trying to give you just just the basics of cash flow, and you end up you end up getting it. There's an evaluation on passing a nine line in 1972, so just the the rudimentary basics. But it's a good foundation because, like you're saying, like here we are. I'm almost almost a year into my Air Force experience and haven't seen a nine line, much less pass one. Yeah. So it's uh it's it's an appropriate time, and I think it's a it's a good block and a lot, definitely added value. And then yeah, leads to the FTU, which is the newer, so that's a totally separate deal. It's under ACC. It is not ATC. It's it is totally different, and, and it has four blocks. <laughs> well, we'll pause real quick. Did you when yeah. you graduate block four of the Tac P schoolhouse, like you get your beret and normal graduation? Correct. You get your beret, normal graduation, but that is going to change. Oh, really? Everything, okay. Everything that I hear. And I just read a memo yesterday. So eventually, and maybe it's just it's hard because it's you know you're awarding a three level certification. So, but eventually that will not be the case, as I understand it. Eventually, you won't get your beret until you're done with the FTU and strike phase certified JTAC. It's essentially two years in uh, because they've already had to take away so many berets at, at the FTU, and they do not want to keep taking away these berets. They're like, why did we give them to them in the first place? Because you haven't even become a JTAC, and now that that's a part of your five level, they're like, you you need this anyway. You can't be a TAC if you're not a JTAC. So why are we giving out the berets yep. at this point anyway? So well, that's a good that's, thing. I, I think it's right. a good thing. But yeah, and also the whole taking away of the beret, I think, is is just hard on anyone to take or to be the one to losing your beret. You're like, wait, I thought I made it. And you're like, well, you didn't. So <laughs> it, it's probably just better to just hold off. You know, like let's just. Let's hold it off. So that, yeah, it's like the, the CCTs who are going to dive with their their berets and right. everything, and they haven't done ATC or whatever it is or CTS. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not a good thing for yeah. anyone to get a beret and get it taken away. So correct. So as of now, they're still giving berets at the graduation of Block Four of the schoolhouse, but that will change from everything. And there also will be an ANS, but I don't want to get into. It. So, so when you got your beret, did it, did it feel like an accomplishment or was it like, Oh, I'm still like, you knew the FTU existed at that point or what? I knew the FTU existed, but it was always sold to us as like, this is your first duty station kind of thing. Like, gotcha. you, okay. you know, cool. you should, you should treat this kind of like your first duty station, but it's, it is notably different than the schoolhouse, but it's still, you're, you're most definitely a pipeline training student is how they, is how you're viewed there. It is not like you are at an ASOS or operational, not even close. But you're not you're not subject to the status of trainee at like a schoolhouse. So, so you're not you getting know. treated like a piece of garbage. Correct. Yeah, you have you have human human rights as well. Basic, very, very minimal. Very basic. Yeah, you're you are not somebody, not even close. But uh, but you're you're treated with with a basic human rights gotcha and uh so roll roll up the ftu for me in like two sentences like what yeah. what, what are you what are you accomplishing there you already know basic nine line stuff you already know 1972 so so what are they pouring into for that four so, blocks so wh- how long is that it is like six months yeah it's it's a very actually they're four weeks each so it's technically supposed to be four months four months straight 
Uh, there's phase one, which is four months. Each block is a month long. And it's, that is called combat ground skills phase. And that is where you're learning all sorts of really cool combat ground skills stuff. All A lot of CQB, um, a lot of small unit tactics, a lot of basically what I what I call like almost all army-based maneuver, yeah. um, understanding ski maneuvers, pitching op boards, pitching sand tables. We do demo. We get demo qual. You do claymores. You do hand grenades. You do... Uh, you shoot large machine guns, you shoot the 240, you shoot 249, you're supposed to shoot the Mark 19, we weren't able to, but uh, you you do a lot of the CFETP items, and on the newer one, where you're checking off all these five-level, it's a five-level course, and so you do you do a lot of, like, very much, like, army-centric ground-based maneuvers, like uh, NVGs, you do night CQB, shooting, shooting clearing houses under nods, hitting a lot of Xs, a lot of actions on objectives. Uh, it is very, very cool combat ground skills in that first phase. With, with a mixed in with a lot of like, they're not a pre-JTAC course, but like you do a lot of sims yeah. to get ready for strike phase, which is formerly known as JTAC QC, but strike phase is the official title now, or ICC initial certification course. That It's all naming conventions. It's JTAC QC. It's where you become a certified JTAC. But um, that is the that is phase two of the FTU, and that is four or five weeks at Nellis, very similar to the one that you went through, JTAC QC, where you're actually getting certified. But yeah, phase one combat ground skills, basically like the advanced skills training. It's similar to all the others, all the other courses called their advanced skills training, where you're learning how to shoot, move, communicate. Yeah. And then phase two is strike phase, and you are called getting certified as a JTAC. Um, and that strike phase is where guys are getting weeded out here and there. Gotcha. Um, so that's where they're running into the issues. Correct. Yeah. Is it actually getting the, uh, actually getting that JTAC cert? Cause there's no, cause there's no way right now for you to redo strike phase. Like in the old day you could fail JTAC QC and go back again later. That is no longer the case. You make it or you don't. And if you don't, you can't go back cause you get a DNR or do not return. And then if you get a DNR on JTAC, then you can't be attack P because you needed JTAC to be attack P. So then you have to cross train. So it is got him. Dang. Not not ideal, but yeah, that's So that's, that's in phase two. Is that what you're saying? Correct, yeah. So that's yeah. in phase two of the FTU. And so when correct. you finish that, you're a certified JTAC and but yep. you still have two more blocks? Nope, nope. So it's confusing. There's phase one and phase two of the FTU. In phase one, there are four blocks. All right, thank you. Sweet. Yeah, that's all right. That's, that's just the whole point. It's kind of confu- especially confusing because there's now there's now there's f- two different sets of four blocks, and now there's there's a phase two for selection, and now there's a phase two for the FTU. So <laughs> everyone should be on the same page. There are four blocks in phase one of the FTU, and then strike phase is essentially the last thing you do in the pipeline, um, and it is JTAC QC, and that is where some guys are running into trouble graduating that course because it's it can be hard to call and cast it can be a relatively dynamic situation that sometimes guys struggle in the events and um, aren't able to to get effects down in whatever time you need or safely but, yeah you you think after how many months are we at at this point by the time you get there about 20 months man that's about a lot that's a lot to get under your belt to blow it man yeah. that sucks yeah i, I commissioned in april of 2020 and it is march of 2022 and i'm still technically not even at my next unit yet 
Well, it's two so, years, man. I mean, that's yeah. Yep. I mean, that's we just we just finished that up, and and now I'm back in San Antonio, and essentially done with the pipeline. You could say I still need to go get my initial eval, so I'm not officially a real, real JTAC yet. Well, what, well once you're a JTAC, you're not a JTAC guy, so you won't be a real exactly. JTAC. See, and that's <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about when I was saying there at the beginning, like you can you can just chase the next thing, especially in this career field or anything military. Like you're not real to your eye, you're not real to your C, then you're not real till you deploy, then you're not real till it's a combat deployment, then you're not real till it's a bronze star. And then it's not till it's with Valor. And then, you know, yep. you, you just, you keep chasing this. And, and next thing you know, you're going to look up 30 years later and be like, what, am I real? You know, or gotta, gotta, <laughs> am I real? Am I real That's now? Great. Am I real now? Yep. So you got to find, you got to find that worth in something bigger than yourself. And that's where Jesus comes in and, or else you're going to be chasing somebody else's definition of it, and you're going to come up short every time. Someone's yeah. going to be tougher and bigger and stronger and more decorated and cooler and faster, and uh, but you just you're never going to be that, and you're always going to be lacking more unless you, f- you fulfill your heart with something you can't lose. Yeah, well, I love it, dude. That's that's spot on, and like, yeah, yeah dude, it's it's a lot to digest everything you just said. Like, there's. That is a huge pipeline. That is like I'm glad it's two years now, honestly, right. for for you guys to come out looking way better than anyone else did uh, after their five month TACP experience. Um, and I'm I'm really excited to see what happens as you guys show up at your operational units, get through JTAC MQT, um, and yeah, start crushing it because I, I think the product is just going to be way better. Um, like I mean, what does my opinion matter? Doesn't doesn't really matter, but it's uh, it's a good thing for the career field for sure. Um, and dude, yeah, like spiritually, what a journey, man! What a journey to go through just from high school to to the academy. Uh, now you're at this two year block of your life um, where you're consistently having to figure out different things. Um, but dude, that, that's the biggest takeaway that I've heard is just what's your priorities and and like, if it's not Jesus, then it's going to fall short. So like, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate you hanging out with me for over an hour and, um, yeah, thanks for coming on, dude. No, thanks so much for having me. It was, um, honored to, uh, get to, get to talk to you and and be on your show. I think that's, I think that's awesome. And, uh, finally a very small portion of the, of the tech beat career field that I actually somewhat know, you know, and it's, it's called, it's called training. <laughs> so I know very little and I'm experienced in nothing but this one little thing. So I was glad I was able to have something I could speak on and hopefully provide some value to, to some of the listeners. Well, but, for sure, man. Well, stay motivated, bro. Crush it. And uh, we'll do. talk soon. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Take care, Ryan. All right, dude. Later.